As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their success or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and ever in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Kenny Roy, founder of November Games, so join us as we explore his journey. If you haven't already done so, please consider dropping this show a five-star review or equivalent on your podcast service of choice. It really helps with the algorithms, helps grow the show, gets more eyeballs and earbuds on it. So please throw that support my way. I'd really appreciate it. And enjoy the episode. So today I'm joined by Kenny. How are you? I am great. Great to to have you on board and... And thank you so much for doing so. We were talking about it uh, just prior to actually hitting record on this thing. Really, really appreciate uh, you coming out and, and joining me for the show today. I, I put out the plea on social media this morning saying <laughs> things have kind of got a little bit pear-shaped. Is anyone able to help? And you, you jumped on it. I really, really appreciate that. And and getting to do the, the, the research on you and the things that you've been up to over these years as a result of that meant that I, I went into this feeling really, really good about a really quality show that we're going to put together. So... Thanks oh, for coming yeah. aboard, and I'm looking forward to chatting. I hope I can live up to the do the research. <laughs> no, no, it's I think it's going to be a fantastic episode. Cool. So really looking forward to it. So before we get to and and we touched on a few things that you've done before the before the show started. Before we dive into all those sort of things, I'd love to rewind to a point before your actual career began and talk about some of your first experiences with gaming. Oh, do you sure. recall what some of the the first games were that you ever encountered, discovered, played? Do you even happen to recall what the first game was that you played? Um, the first game I ever played was, um, was probably, oh God, is it, um, probably Asteroids, probably. Yep. Um, quality starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, what's hilarious is you go on Twitter right now and then it's like, Hey, like respond with like the first game controller and like, it only goes back until like Nintendo 64. <laughs> and then oh, I'm like, that says, Oh crap. Damn it. I'm getting too old. Like I, that I says can't, a lot I, about the current yeah, demographic. I, yeah. I can't pick Atari. I can't pick. Yeah. No. So it's, it's sad, but uh, yeah, definitely not definitely, reflective of you. I think that's more reflective of that modern audience and their inability to look backwards. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, uh, either way, because um, I'd yeah, be in all Atari, sorts as well. Like I was a super would. Nintendo kid when I started. Uh, okay, maybe yeah. maybe the NES popped in my hands just beforehand, but I'd be too yeah. young to remember that. And the Atari was right there with me as well. So, yeah, so I was definitely Atari um, played, um, and then um, interestingly enough, my my father was um, sort of like a like a, a technophile. So yeah. we we had a Commodore um, right when it you know right when it came available. Um, then a um, Amiga, a um, a Tandy. These are all ancient, ancient uh, PCs. Familiar, yeah, um, and certainly our audience would be familiar for sure. Okay, um, so I was playing. I was playing everything. I had a bunch of tapes on Commodore. I had. Um, so I was like gaming since diapers, basically. Um, and um, it was really funny how like my my life sort of took a turn when I was when I was really young. My my father um, my father was a video editor. Right when that was first became a job. And he was sort of well known in in the in the Hollywood um, area for being a, a a guy that could really put together a great story um, from a whole bunch of a whole bunch of Disney videos. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was um, Disney called him up and said, "Hey, we're doing we're shooting a ton of video now for you know at this small little company that we're working with, um, and we want you to you know we're going to release it digitally." 
um, which has never been done before. This is all new. Um, you know, do you want to, do you want to edit it? And he's like, hell yeah. What, what, what is it? And they're like, oh, well this, co- this company's called Pixar. You, you've never heard of them. Right? <laughs> they trust us. They're going to be big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I grew up around like the world of animation. And so like my path, I was always supposed to be in games, but my path to games actually took a super wide detour through the world of like animation and storytelling. Yeah, and I'm I'm certainly keen to pick into those sort of aspects as well. They're they're all part of my notes here, and and I guess just to kind of tease things a little bit for people, we're talking about things like King Kong along the way here, and your involvement in that as one such example. Yeah. But um, yeah. Before before we get to all that, uh, I guess as you were discovering games and immersing yourself in them, and and obviously we spoke about asteroids being one of those first touchstones. How did your taste develop as you grew older? I assume yes, the the initial career path was into the the more film based editing and those, mm-hmm. and those sorts of things but at the same yeah. time i assume games didn't completely disappear along the way were there any particular games franchises genres that you really attached yourself to as you were growing up oh certainly so um right around the time of so my older brother actually started getting into programming he started like early 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 young age um learning like c plus plus and like yeah. assembly um and he would he tried to make his own game engine so um i you know gaming was sort of like it was almost like an everyday thing that we were discussing like uh, on an academic level um from from again from a super young age like i i think i was i think i was like um 11 years old when he pirated like the first um like version of 3D studio yeah right, right. um and he was writing his game engine and i was i was doing the artwork um so I think my 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 taste sort of um, grew like everybody's does, which is like sort of you play all the console games and and all the sequels, and then when it we when we switched over and we never never actually left the console behind. We always had every console. We had every Nintendo, it. and then but also on our computers where it was more of an academic pursuit. Um, we were just so into the early demo scene of the '90s, um, where it was just like you were waiting to see what these these killer crews were like coming out with. I remember they were all from Sweden for some reason. Um, they were doing these killer demos like in assembly and 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 stuff. So um, we got into sort of like the 3D rendering um, early on, and um, from there I was just barred out um mostly um fps's on on pc in fact i would say that like um of like the thousand games i own on 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 steam 90 percent are, are are shooters yeah um in fact my younger brother and i were on the um i think the first season of call of duty when it was a pro game at um, cpl which is a cpl um cyber athletic yeah, right. professional league was the only um esports league e-sports for league. for america <laughs> like forever forever for a long time yeah 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 um and um there was mlg but i think those were only like spot tournaments like cpl was like the only league right so um we actually competed um in the semifinals for call of duty like i mean like call of duty one like the the world war two yeah, square you one know, yeah, yeah, yeah before before real i mean not that it was a small it wasn't franchise, even a console even the game, but before yeah, it was, really really blew up that's right that's right. So um, it, again, it wasn't even on console um, then. Um, it was it was a PC game, um, World War II, uh, you know, based. Um, and uh, we were team. What was our team name? I actually can't remember. Um, but we, we yeah. So me and my brother actually we we were so hard out on 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 playing FPSs that we actually joined a pro team. Um, he and I together. Um, that was a ton of fun. 
Um, again, we got eliminated by I think Cyberglobe in the in the semifinals. Um, that's also an old old school uh, esports name. Hey, remind me to. I mean, FPS is like I love a good FPS. I'm yeah. not uh, I'm not great in the competitive scene, so remind me to either not play against you or find a way to play with you so I can get yeah, yeah. because yeah, otherwise add I'm... me yeah dude, add me on add me on steam or Battle.net and we'll, we'll, we'll jam a bit i'll get um, absolutely obliterated i'm sure but uh, no no we'll, we'll team up we'll team up it'll be fun but um, um yeah I mean, that's yeah. that's really awesome and i guess these days you still i mean obviously you said 90 percent of your library probably is is fps's is that still the case these days do you find many opportunities to continue to dabble in in that genre or or even just opportunities to play as well um, you know, you have to make time, um, but I'm pretty good at, at managing my time. So we have we have a lot of gaming. I have two boys now; they're um, nine and eleven. Um, so they're just getting, you know, really good at, at, at the same games I like to play. So I like to watch um, like linear games. So my my other my other love, if I'm not playing shooters, my other love is um, really long adventure games, like on on PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, I, I went through the entire, I 100% the whole Uncharted series. Ah, awesome. Um, 100% the, my language there. Yeah, yeah, 100% the uh, Horizon uh, the Horizon series. So um, I just finished the DLC Burning Shores, um, Hunter. I'm super proud of that 100%. Also, actually, just if we're bragging, um, it's only me here, though. But um, Oh, no, my, there's everyone listening. One of my one of my one of my proudest achievements, actually, of all time is is 100%ing um, um mario odyssey that is a oh, hard yeah, that's huge game. that's huge and I, I i was so i was so thrilled um that that i got that one and it, that was a lesson for my boys because they were they just watching me um some of the dark side of the moon um, um extra moons are are nigh impossible and and i was just i, I was doing i must have died like 200 300 times just doing it but they were just like watching me like dad just give just it stop. up man i'm like no no this is how it's done boys Watch and learn. There's a lesson in persistency, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, and my my younger brother and I actually he was like my big my game big gaming partner growing up. Um, we had this thing which is just like, you know, um, when Quake Three was was the um like the most competitive you know shooter around. Um, we would we would settle our differences like in a in a game of uh, you know like Q three DM seventeen. Just like just jump in, you very, me very right cool. now, you know. Better than the uh, what the parents would, you know, they'd really discourage, you know, good old fashioned beat each other up and sort of <laughs> yeah. that way. If you can do it over a, over an online game, that's a or yeah. multiplayer game, even better. That's right, far safer. Um, and so I guess we've we've already kind of alluded to the fa- uh, the fact that your first steps into the industry, I guess it wasn't straight out the gate that that was the case. You you pivoted, you went into into animation, those sort of aspects, yeah. which we'll dive into now. But um, was there was there a point, or I guess was there always this itch to somewhere along the way transition into games or did that really come later on um i'll tell you it, it actually came together i think at the perfect moment i say that because um i learned you know all the hard lessons that you need to in order to like buckle down and get a production done in the yep. in the animation and vfx industries um so like the exact same thing that you have to you know put up with in the games industry which we're all trying to change but like it's just a reality of production you know those long hours you know crunch times um all that stuff um that is 100 is in the in in the vfx industry we were on 100 hour weeks for like the last three months of king kong so like it's like it's just part and parcel of the thing but what i learned was um would you say that's still the case even now like obviously you've you've pivoted absolutely but it's still man 
just I'm, as bad? Oh, no. or? Wait, in games or in animation? Right I, now? Uh, I mean, we, we obviously hear plenty of stories about games. There's plenty of reported stuff there. But even in, in terms of animation film, now obviously you've stepped away a bit. But um, yeah, I assume no, you still got there was a story I read. Yeah, no, there. unfortunately, the um, last week um, I read a story about how the um, 100 people left um, had to quit um, Sony because of Across the Spider-Verse. Um, oh, yeah. It had true, such a horrific that, yeah. crunch. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the same. The pro- I mean, we could talk about it um, until we're blue in the face, but a lot of it has to do with chasing tax credits and the race to the bottom on the on the budgets for the animation work. Um, Spend which the has, least to earn the most. Yeah, so yeah. you have to you have to you know you have to blame the um, the producers when you when it, when it comes down to it. They they are really actually the ones at the end of the day um, who are responsible for these these horrific schedules. But like you know um, that's a that's a really hard boat to turn. So um, we're making progress in the games industry. I would say um, there's a lot of games companies now who have their pick of the litter when, when it comes to hiring because everything is remote and they're happy with remote, which means that they can say like hey like we don't crunch you know and somebody who was like in the middle of crunch doing a you know doing a job that they love but they they, say they could do the same job and and not crunch they're just going to jump ship um which is which is great so i i'm um, i'm all uh, about that and i'm proud to say that we haven't um we haven't crunched no one on my my team has crunched to 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 make the the products that we that we made so that's that's also good fantastic so yeah, yeah before we before we got to that point of actually uh, entering the the game development side of the industry, there was the the animation filmmaking component yeah. there. So so how did that? I mean, obviously the there's a family tie there, and so maybe it made a little bit of sense that at some point in your life you would find yourself down a similar sort of path. But uh, how did that? How did those opportunities first arise for you? There was there was an early passion for it. You yeah. even uh, got some some awards for some short films that you'd made. But uh, how right. did how did all of that first begin? Um, yeah, I mean, truthfully, once my older brother sort of like grew up and, and moved on to other projects, um, we, we never finished that game, but I sort of was sitting around with like the skills to do 3D art and, yeah. and like nothing to apply it to. Um, and that, that was right at the same moment when my, my father started editing, you know, EPKs and trailers and stuff for, for Pixar and Disney. Um, so I was surrounded by sort of like that animation and storytelling um, world. Um, and so at, at a certain point, I just actually, um, I was, I was, I just entered high school. I think I was a freshman and I asked my freshman film teacher if I could turn in my projects instead of on, on, on film, um, I could turn in animations and she said, yeah, knock yourself out. So I just, I just translated all of that game art knowledge that I had been, you know, accumulating with my brother. I turned that into just um, making short films, and like I, like you, you mentioned, um, I won some awards. May, may, probably because I was so young doing it, and like it was, this was still the time. This is like ninety, like ninety five, ninety six, yep. like, and that's that's like, that's like around the time when if you could render like a like a chrome horse on a checkerboard, like you were like a god, Top you know, yeah. so like. So like this was it, it was just so early on that like a like a fourteen year old doing it was like was like mind mind, mind boggling. So um, I just kept, I just kept on that, and by the time I, I graduated high school, um, I applied to this um, this um, program called NFAA, and NFAA was actually this national um, foundation that um, um, had scholarships for for art students. 
Um, what I didn't realize when I applied, which was really cool later, was that it actually was the only artistic um, foundation that can recommend um, candidates for the Presidential Scholar Award, um, which um, which I applied for and and then I won. So I was one of um, I think um, three people from California um, that graduating year who got to meet the president and I got a, you know, a gold medal and whatever. Um, but that meant that I could go to any college basically that I, that I wanted to. And hey, funny I about picked, that. <laughs> yeah. I picked a, I picked an, um, I picked a college um, that most people maybe wouldn't have. Um, but I picked um Long Beach state, which um, um, has actually the third, it was nearby my home. Um, but it also had the third best um, illustration program in the country. Um, cause I, I just had to keep on working on my, my, yeah. my, my drawing skills. Um, um, but shortly after I, uh, applied there, I was recruited by a uh, company called Rhythm and Hughes and, um, I just went off and started working on feature films. Yeah. So there was some character animation work, for example, that you did on the likes of Garfield, the movie, Scooby-Doo yep. 2, Monsters Unleashed. Um, I guess, what was it like actually being in the industry at that point and working at that sort of scale with, with big big um, films you know it, it, tr- truthfully it's like the p- perfect job for like a 19 year old honestly because like it's just every every it, it requires so much energy to just keep on keep on you've going got abundance of it at that point and and like I've, I've got nothing but energy right so it's like you're 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 bouncing off the walls all the grown-ups in the room are telling you to ch- you know chill out <laughs> um um, no, it, it honestly it was a blast, and I was really fortunate to have some some mentors early on that like took me under their wing and gave me you know sort of the lay of the land and showed me you know how to how to again like how to buckle down and 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 sort of achieve the impossible when when you're being asked to. So um, that that was again those those early films that I worked on were 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 really learning experiences, um, and I always had so when I was working. Um, um, actually, you know, ever since the Lord of the Rings films came out, like I, I always sort of had like this, you know, you know, you know, pin with a star on it, like on, on New Zealand. Cause I was like, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the place to be Weta killed it obviously with, with the Lord of the Rings, um, Lord of the Rings uh, visual effects. And Absolutely. I was like, that's, that's the best place in the world to work. And I'm going to, I'm going to work there someday. And I just kept and on, did- um, I just kept on applying and applying and, and, and improving my reel. And at, at a certain point, um, I got a, I got a email back that said like, yeah, we'd like to have you, you know, um, come down. And I, I, that started my whole journey down, down here in, um, in the Southern hemisphere. And so I guess, do you recall how many of those emails that you might've sent at that point, how much you'd been potentially badgering them, um, up to that point? Um, I, I, actually, I will say this as a, a word of advice to anyone trying to break into any industry, which is that if you have new work that you're proud of, reapply every yeah. time. Don't question, like, is it is it, you know, has it been long enough or whatever? Just reapply because they might be looking. Say, say it. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they might be looking and not have just written the job posting yet and you never know when your email is just going to pop up for them and they're like wow this is exactly what i'm looking for so apply more make those recruiters work for their for their salaries man that's fair inundate them yeah that's that's fair um i mean would as i said do you reckon you recall how many you might have actually sent over that 
over that time, that persistent period? Um, if you were to guess? Uh, I would say a dozen um, over the course of maybe three or four years. So like, um, and that's actually probably, that's probably a good cadence. I was constantly working on my demo reel. So like a dozen over three years would be like yeah, every, one, every quarter. Every quarter. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, again, for, for everyone watching, listening to shows like Persistence Pays in that regard. Oh, yeah. And, if, and, and as we said, if you've got something to show, then then show it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with it, and we touched on this before, King Kong obviously being one of the big projects there uh, with you while you were working at Weta. Um, talk to me about that because obviously the, the scope, the size, the, the prestige of the whole thing, Peter Jackson, all those sorts of, uh, when people think of that that film, yeah. there's a whole bunch of uh, you know terms and, t- and titles associated with it what was it like for you being a part of that project so um the the, the thing about weta that is that is awesome is that it is the place beyond all others that i've worked um for that that has an attitude of as long as you get your work done we don't care like how you do it um some people interpreted that to be like every day like grab your surfboard and like go like surfing at lunch for like two hours and that that might mean that you have to come back and like you know work to like four or nine. At the end. Yeah, yeah going, but yeah. but like if that's how you recharge and do your best work, no one is going to come by your desk like with a clipboard and like you know like wag their wag their finger at you. And it's about the it, end result. It is. It is. Um, and that's how I think they keep on doing it. Um, is really they they respect your 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 process to to a large extent. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess it kind of shows. Like, if, if we've, you know, projected myself as, as them, if we've deemed you fit to be an employee of ours, then we know that you've got the skills. So let's embrace right. the way that you get that job done. Right. Um, and intervene only if is required. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, um, that, that I mean, following on from that, that mentality, there's also a huge collaborative um, feel to it. Um, there, was, there was some sequences that were extremely, extremely hard. Um, to complete on on King Kong, um, we got them done. Of course, they're you know the movie's done. So um, um, everyone Didn't was have to really patch them in later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was... yeah, how funny it would be like there's like you know like they re-release it and it's like it's a completely different film. It's the week the week one patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not day zero. That's no. that doesn't exist. Um, yeah, so uh, it, yeah, it really felt like everyone was on the same team and and one of my my strongest memories of my entire life was when they brought the crew um it's a gigantic crew so they have to bring us like in in groups to like screen it um but one of my strongest memories of my my entire life was when the credits were rolling i actually just started bawling and it wasn't it wasn't because like i mean the movie's good it's a good movie but it wasn't because of the movie it was because like these names were going by and everyone was just like Oh, like together and cheering, whatever. And I'm like, crying. I can't stop. Everyone's crying. having that moment where they've spotted yeah. their own name, and yeah, it was it was magical. And so yeah, it was a huge experience. And I met I met my um, wife during that time. Then my then girlfriend, and and then and then yeah, we got we actually got married while I was working on King Kong. We we had a very very short courtship, um, but yeah, I I met her and we were married eleven months later. That's yeah, that is a that's a rapid turnaround, but that's yeah. also fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't mess around, bro. Um, <laughs> when you know, you know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll we'll spin off into that a little bit. Like, how how did the two of you meet? So it was while you were working. Um, 
Oh uh, yeah, but um, yeah, no, is um, she she was she's not in the industry or anything, and um, we actually met because um, I was um, I was up in Auckland, and um, um, she was actually living in Auckland, and in what is in Wellington. Um, we just we just met when I was up here um, visiting uh, um, a friend, so um, we just kept in touch and just started dating, and um, you know, awesome. And then it, yeah, it just turned into turned into a, a, a huge deal that I haven't been able to have been able to stop talking about <laughs> no, that's 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 fantastic and uh, uh i mean again another great thing for people watching listening like these sort of things they you never know when they're going to spring up but when they do don't oh, yeah. don't take any more than 11 months you got to lock it put a ring on it <laughs> um so so but then we we did end up moving back to um we moved to la we got married and we moved to la together um my ambition was to um start an animation company because obviously i was young and stupid and i thought that like i had learned everything that i needed to know about animation at that time so i did just that i made a animation company and um in 12 years we um did um almost 130 projects now those range from you know tiny little five second you know bumpers on the end of a on the end of a tv show to like a feature film um so but um we had a huge huge amount of work and you know great crews coming in and out of um you know that shop and that taught me the second thing that i probably needed to know in order to get into the games industry which was sort of like that entrepreneurship and also um how to hire and um because i made some big mistakes boy howdy i i screwed up a bunch of hires um you know over the course of that company but um How learned so? from it just not the right fit were there people perhaps yeah i guess there's a lot of areas that these sorts of things can go wrong what was, yeah. what was specifically the case in i mean you, you know it's so cliche because you read this i mean if you go on linkedin right now you can he- probably hear everything i'm about to tell you because people love to, to love to pair it i certainly got a lot of my notes from, from the show <laughs> from linkedin <so. laughs> okay um, but it, it really does come down to um, the being able to teach, um, you know, you can teach the job, but you, you, you can't teach like, you know, the, the soft skills. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't teach people being honest and having integrity. You can't teach them being able to work well with others. You can't. So you really have to, you have to make your hires based on like fit with the team and fit with your company culture and your style way more because like, you you can always fill them in on how like yeah, to do one little thing yeah so um um that's 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 uh that w- that was that was very advantageous to learn early on and i've i've been you know still trying to apply that you know w- with november games and 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 keep that mentality but it's hard though because now i'm competing against everyone in the world because again it's all remote so um you know it's hard to get that great talent i can find good people um it's hard to find it hard to find great talent though exactly um yeah and try, you know getting someone who is a combination of those two hard, like oh it's yeah hard to find oh yeah so um there always this unicorn that you're searching for right. uh so so within that time now uh 2006 is when when the studio was formed as you said 12 years wrapping up 2018 they had plenty of big clients along the way the likes of disney and mattel for example nickelodeon was part of that yeah uh, i think i noted someone else as well no i've lost it but um but uh, there was animation there was vfx there was a bit of game dev in there as well um and i guess this is where we start to see you dabbling yeah. in that professional sense yeah. in games 
So um, this is this is a this is a funny turn that that ended up happening um, when I was so I I started actually um, when I came back to LA I was also a teacher at um, Animation Mentor and yep. that's the online animation school I was there for I think seven and a half years um, and I started writing books on animation and and digital filmmaking and so right around this entire time um, around about 2012 to 2014. I was um, sort of engrossed in this entire sort of like overlapping world of of animation um, training and as well as which had a lot of overlap with games. Yes. I ended up going to this conference um, called Autodesk um, University. So it's um, Autodesk had this like conference in Vegas, and I was invited because I had a, a book out on on Maya and um, so I gave a presentation and then I'm sitting at another presentation. And these two guys bring up this game engine, um, and I had I had I had been out of this world. Um, so I had known that there was I, I knew the names of all these game engines from the games that I played. So yeah. I knew about the you know the id tech engine. I knew about Frostbite. I knew about um, I obviously knew about Unreal, but I had never heard about Unity. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I hadn't heard about it uh, up until that point. But these guys bring up this interface, and then they showed like dragging like a character, and then there was like this, there was um, the character had this parameter called like bullet prefab, and then they took like a cereal box and dragged it in, and then showed it firing, and then dragged like a elephant like squeaky toy, and then showed it firing, and I was like, there, hold on Is a second, easy? where have I, where have I been? <laughs> For the past, like, I guess, like ten years, like, it's, it's surely it's not this easy now to like make games. Anyway, so it turns out like there's there's a lot of C sharp programming stuff, yeah. that you need to do to get to that point, right? But um, I came back from that that um, conference. I think it was like September. I think Autodesk University used to be like August September. Um, I remember the day it was because I was streaming on Twitch TV. Um, it was October 14th, 2014. I said, enough is enough. So I told all my guys at, at the, at the studio, I said, everybody, um, just everyone looks like they're doing, doing fine. All the products are going well. I'm going to, I'm going to be busy for a little while. Um, I'm going to make a game. And everyone was like, wait, wait, what, what? Boom, door closes. I'm gone for like <laughs> eight months. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but literally October 14th, 2014, I downloaded, I started the download for Unity and Unreal at the same time. And the Unity download finished first. So I installed so Unity I and that's it. That from, from at, at that point, I'm a Unity developer. So, so Unity, if you're watching, make sure those, Get that those download down. speeds, make, make sure, oh, keep those download speeds like, Keep them up there. It makes a difference. Um, anyway, <laughs> so from that point that point forward, I was like, I was inspired by what I saw at that conference. And then obviously there's a ton of C sharp, but um, yeah, that was the first day. And um, from from that point onward, I um, it's just been a uh, that was it. I was I was a developer after that. And so I guess that adjustment for you though. So you know, walked in, you said, "This is what I'm doing." Close the door months and months later but um how was that adjustment for you having been 
in this film industry for so long animation like the, the you know lots of ways to do certain things and a yeah. lot of that apple apple card is being upset with the way that you've chosen to pivot your your life and your work at that particular point how much were you able to bring across with you and and how was that adjustment period so that's a great question. I would say the first thing that is is maybe not um, immediately obvious to the outside observer is that in animation and filmmaking in general, we are cheating all the time. I bet. Nothing that you are seeing on screen is what it looks like. You know, like from if you move the camera like one foot to the to the right, you will see everything is destroyed. Like it is cheated. It is like the framing. We're cutting the like bottoms off our characters so they don't cast a shadow into the background. We are covering stuff. Um, we are not animating. Like if like if my character's like body is is covered and I'm like coming on screen like this, the There's legs are not moving. Yeah, yeah. It's just dragging like a like like a like like you know like a dummy. Anyway, um, and then. Um, immediately when I when I jumped into games, I was like, "Wow, nothing can nothing can be cheated. Yeah, you like, can't do that. You You've see got, everything. They can swing the camera in whatever that's direction right. they might want. And that's it. You're exposed. That's right. Whereas obviously the the passive form of entertainment there in, in film or TV, for example, means that you only need to render what is going to be there on the screen. You get it. So like immediately, I was like, "Oh, this this is actually quite a lot trickier." And I loved I loved that. I was like, "I'm I'm." I'm going to find the clever ways to like to take every single you know pixel and 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 make it work for me. So I was I was really engrossed in 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 um in the um, coding part of it for a, a long time. Taught myself C sharp. Um, I made a bunch of mobile games. Made a little bit of money. Nothing to like support me, but like my animation company was on rails, so like it was fine. It was like that. Those two years, those first two years, were just learning. Yeah. Um, and in 2016, I had this idea where I was like, um, "What if I? What if I?" So this was this was a really wacky um, um, thought that maybe maybe uh, somebody who's a little bit wiser than me would have ignored. But I said to myself, "Most indie developers they try to make a game and they spend a lot of time on it, like roughly two years on average, and their whole life savings and." Um, 99% of them fail and the ones that don't fail they only make enough money to do it again and yeah, so, bare, bare minimum break even but yeah. Um, yeah so I said to myself if I make a indie game it's going to by every statistical you know like standpoint it's going to fail but that is only failure from the perspective of I want to make money on it. Fiscal, yeah. So if I say that my aim is not to make money, what can I buy with my two years of effort that is worth more than that? And so I said, hold on a second. I bet you there is I bet you there is some charity out there that would love their message to be immortalized and encapsulated into a game. And if I can faithfully do that and make a good game, then I don't care if I have to spend two years on it and, and spend a bunch of money to, to finish this thing. Cause I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. And every, everyone else can go ahead and do that and fail. I will, I will succeed if I, if I do that. So I called up a bunch of charities 
Um, I actually started with Child's Play and they gave me the name of another charity who I, I followed up with a little bit later um, called Game Changer. And Game Changer brings um, games and toys um, and provides financial support to children and families um, suffering from cancer and other life-threatening illnesses in the U.S. They seem perfect. So I called them up and I said, I've got this crazy idea. Oops, I accidentally just turned on my Xbox. <laughs> um, um, and they said, what do, you, what do you got? I said, if I made a video game and gave it to you for free, would you handle distributing it to like hospitals so that so that kids can play it? And they're like, hell yeah. In, in fact, we'll do you one better. And what they did was, is they they reached out to every single one of their charity the partners yeah. and they basically threw open the doors and the entire industry turned out had this amazing amount of pent up support that they just dumped on me so microsoft they just needed the right person the yeah, right they, outlet no one had ever come along and asked for this it's like yeah here you go. So like I, I could pick out any asset I wanted from the Unity Asset Store. So I think in total, I, I got like maybe twelve dollars or $15,000 of, of assets for free from the Unity Asset Store. Razer gave me two um, Razer Blade laptops. Um, Microsoft um, sent me like um, a bunch of extra XDKs. Um, they flew me up to the Microsoft campus. Um, they did a user research project with Seattle Children's Hospital where they bust in actual patients from the hospital. These are kids with cancer that are fighting the disease to come and play test my game. When Which that happened... Because we haven't actually shouted that yet. This is I Hope. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have said that. So I came up with a game called I Hope. And I knew I wanted it to be an adventure game because I had just loved... I just had fallen in love with and been engrossed in all the stories of the of the um, Zelda games on Nintendo as I was growing up. So I started with, you know, Legend of Zelda on NES all the way up to, I think the, um, I think at that point, 2016, the, the switch hadn't come out yet. So I think it was probably like, not Wind Waker. It was uh, Skyward Sword, I think. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I just love, and I wanted to make a Zelda-like adventure game. So combination of like combat and platforming, I, I was just so in love with that, that genre. So the story of I Hope is you are a young girl named Hope who lives on this floating island with her grandfather um, until one day your village is attacked by a monster called Cancer. And this is like this black monster with tentacles and whatever. And he um, he dest- destroys the village. Um, but so um, Hope um, is, is an intrepid young girl. So she um, decides to try to fight back. Um, but her grandfather tells her that he need, that she needs these weapons that are found on these different islands. And the names of the weapons are knowledge, strength, courage, support, and most importantly, um, hope. So, um, so she goes out and finds these weapons and, um, and then, um, it turns her attention to and, 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 and fights back against the beast. So, um, I pitched that to the charity, um, the, 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 the CEO of the charity is crying. The yeah, business think... development guy's crying. Then I start crying and I'm like, let's make this game. I've had so long to stew on this and you've broken me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so everyone threw open their doors. And the moment, I'll tell you though, there was a very distinct moment where I suddenly realized, um, cause it was, it was super, super hard. Uh, making a game, finishing a game is ultra hard, right? So, 
there was the moment when uh, Microsoft um, did the first user research study where they brought children from Seattle Children's Hospital to um, the campus. And um, I got to, I got to, um, you know, observe them play. And I was like, holy crap, I am finishing this game. Like any, any question about like whatever it takes um, is out the window because the instant that somebody with, with cancer and who has limited time potentially like picks up your controller and it's your game, if they put a second into it, then you can you you have to you have to put everything back into that game because their their time is more than precious so i i tried to honor everybody who who participated by by doing the absolute very best that that i could um and it wouldn't have been possible at all without the support um that i got hands down were you concerned when you're doing this research portion and you're putting a game that is focusing on such a heavy topic yeah. in the hands of people who are the victims and suffering from this yeah. this horrible this exact same horrible affliction yeah were you concerned how that would potentially be received at first because i guess i guess the i mean i, I think everyone in life is you know, knows someone who has known someone who who yeah. has been impacted by cancer yeah Maybe they have it, but like having it i guess is a totally different thing was that a concern at first like okay this is a totally different audience here because these are the people that are suffering with this thing yeah. as opposed to living it yeah, sorry those who aren't living it themselves yeah it's, it's, that's a really really great question um there was this moment where i was afraid of being seen as like an interloper you know someone coming into this like the world and 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 and, and an imposter and there was a game called that dragon cancer yes. um developed by um ryan green i think his name i hope i got that right um, I believe I'll make sure it I fact check in the yeah. meantime for us. But, yeah, yeah. Pl- please, please do correct it because yeah, I want. I do. I do remember right. the game. Um, yeah, and I, I dabbled with the game myself, and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, um, and um, he actually played my game at GDC 2017, I believe it and was. Yes, Ryan Green, Ryan and Amy yeah. Green. Okay, because um, I also want to honor um, their son. I think his name was. Oh boy, I think his name was joseph i believe um i i really hope i got that right um joel 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 Joel. okay um rest in peace joel um we had a good chat um after he played the game and there was this moment and i i i spoke about this moment later to my mentor at at um xbox and um, her name is katie stone perez i'll tell you more about her in a second um, so I had a conversation with Ryan and he actually did sort of intimate that the game was coming off a little bit like um, a little bit light on the expression of of cancer as a as a serious um, serious topic and that. Yeah. I, as somebody who is not suffering from it myself and hasn't had um, a close family member, because he asked me, like, have you suffered? Do you have any family? I said, no and no. Thank God, of course, no and no. But um, he was um, he was a very gracious guy. And if he ever hears this, I, I, want, I want him to know that his words did end up making me take the, um, making me take the game, um, um, 
even more seriously than I was. I didn't think that I could take it any more seriously than, than I was. I took it even more seriously. But I had this low moment where I was I was relaying the conversation to um, Katie Stone Perez. Now, Katie is a person who actually lost her brother to um, cancer. And it was when um, he was a young adult and she was basically, she was basically um, raising him at that point. Um, so she had firsthand knowledge and direct and recent um, experience right. with losing someone to cancer. And I remember telling her that I was a little bit discouraged and I felt, I felt bad that um, this person who I admired, who has made probably the quintessential game about cancer, um, wasn't really, wasn't really um, entirely sold on me telling this story. To which she said, um, anything, anything that somebody is doing that is meant to help the people that are suffering from cancer cannot possibly be wrong. There, like, in other words, there is no wrong way to do this. And, um, when she told me that I was like, um, I felt, I felt this, this, um, it was, it was nice to get the blessing of somebody who I knew had every side of the story. Yeah. Um, and that really pushed me, pushed me forward from, from that point. And, um, um, it's kind of like the, I, I hate to compare it, but it's, it's sort of similar to, um, you know, the secret to marriage is, uh, there's no wrong way to load a dishwasher. <laughs> you ever heard that one? <laughs> um, yeah, I hear that one and it, yeah. it tends to cause some conflict. Oh, it does? Household. It does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, it, but I'm the anyway. pedantic one. My wife's the one that just slaps the dishes in there. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, yeah leave her alone, man. Yeah, I do. Anyway, so that's that's kind of how that's kind of how um, the the um, the game ended up getting finished. Was like I I, I finally felt that I was on the right path, and and I finished the game, and it won fourth place in the Twitch Indie Amplifier up against some like AAA games, um, which sent which was a lot of money that was sent to the charity like outright. Um, Microsoft um, the Gaming bought. for Everyone Award from Microsoft. I got the Gaming from Everyone Award. I was part of the delegation to U.S. Congress and EU Parliament. I actually flew to Brussels and and presented to EU Parliament in this um, Games for Change initiative, which was super exciting. Um, I was I was in I was in between. It was Nintendo, Sony, Bandai Namco, and like, Kenny Roy. You. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was like I'm not sure like I'm in the right place here like looking at these <laughs> these huge companies no but it was a, it was a blast yeah and so it did exactly it 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 checked every box it did exactly what I intended it to do and it and it and it basically made it so that like I had I had a firm like I had a footing in the industry and I knew exactly what my voice was and I knew that I could do it I knew that I could finish a game because I was basically a solo solo dev effort um over over two years um there's a lot of names in the credits some of those are like you know animators that i was mentoring at the time like throwing in some like run cycles and stuff like that um and i don't mean to discredit them but like it really was like a two-year um extremely long yeah extremely long process and when you come out the other side of that you're just you're just you're just on fire and i just knew that this was my life's calling and as you said before, I mean, it goes back to your point about failing and those who like couldn't possibly fail at that point. 
couldn't possibly fail. Um, Game Changer distributed it. My, um, Microsoft Xbox bought um, 10,000 copies of it that were distributed to um, hospitals and given out to patients at, at hospitals. Um, Gamers Outreach, which um, provide go-karts, which are the um, which are the actual carts that um, games uh, games consoles are brought around on in hospitals in yeah. America. They distributed, um, I think, 5,000 um, uh, copies of the game. So it's been played all over America, and and I. I I um, try to honor the kids that helped me develop the game. Um, if you go in the game and you play the first level, you can come back out, and there is a cave, and the cave um, has messages written by the patients um, for other players of the game. So I gave them an opportunity to to um, give each other messages of hope and love, and um, yeah, every once in a while, not I mean. Not not super often, but like every maybe every year ever since it released, I will just spend um, thirty minutes or so, like just sitting in the cave, and because um, the messages come up, um, reflected light off a of pool of water yeah. um, on the on the cave wall, and I'll just sit there and I'll just read all the messages again, and and um, and just just reminisce about the process. That's no, it's an amazing thing what you've done with that game. Um... And I hate to be kind of flippant about some of the other titles, but when you when you compare <laughs> what you've done there to then the likes of Tinker League and Death Crank, like the scale, the magnitude, the the importance, uh, magnitude's different. Well, yeah, the yeah, I, I, yeah, also and not to, without to, being dismissive of those titles, yeah, of course, yeah, but yeah because like every, you know, finishing anything is hard. But like, yeah, um, I, I would say that you know, again, I like I come at this. I, I taught for animation for so long. I like to sort of like distill lessons out of what I've done, and so I can I can pass yeah, sure. that on. And I think that the important thing from from all the projects that I've done was mostly that um, if I if I if I said I was going to finish something that 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 I did that I that that I finished it. A lot of uh, programs where you know these kids are coming out of like game develop. Excuse me, game development schools or you know game design or whatever. They start a lot of projects and they don't finish things. And I think it's more important to finish a lot of small things than it is to start and work on and never finish a, a big thing. Of course. So um, small little games and and a lot of them would would be my advice for for people just starting out. And that was my my start. That that two years when I was making mobile games, I was making one or two mobile games a month. Um, just start and finish, and obviously they weren't very good, but um, it was. But you learn from each of those two. Yeah, that's right. So fo- following, uh, I mean, obviously, we've we've spoken in great detail there about I Hope and and all that was achieved through that, and it was an amazing accomplishment. And I'm thrilled to hear there that even you know every every year you still jump in and, and go check those those components yeah. out. Um, yeah. As you said, it was it was a 12 year journey there with the studio before moving on. There was a little bit of a transition period. Um, I would say, but moving between a few different roles. So I've, I've got a few things like in-game li- uh, listed, uh, Zytric listed, remotely HQ, the, the latter being um, really important timing. Uh, the, you were doing, rem- like there was remote working platforms and then all yeah. of a sudden the pandemic yeah. swept through part of the way uh, Part of the way there. It wasn't uh, us, that- by the way. What was that, sorry? It wasn't us. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, no. Yeah, sure, was, I'm sure it wasn't. Plant that in the market to give us an edge or anything like that. But uh, I'm sure, especially with the latter there, you're feeling like, oh, this was a convenient time if you yeah, were involved timely. in a platform like this. Right. And, yeah, um, I guess what what was uh, going on for you through that period there before uh, November Games was formed? You were doing some work with Invincible Kids as well. Um, what yeah, was that um, whole window like? 
I mean, since I delivered the game, I was, um, I, I then, like, I just knew that I had, like, you know, proven my mettle and could apply as a developer or a designer to to companies. And I was lucky to find, you know, some right off the bat that um, were were, you know, looking for someone someone like me. Um, so it was it was great timing, and I got a lot of experience at these at these companies. Um, some of them just designing games, some of them, uh, you know, as a as a developer. And I think I I probably learned the most um, um, by doing uh, by continuing to you know keep my passion projects alive. Like so, yeah. during the time when I was working at um, I think it was uh, Zyatric and in game, I was working on Tinker League um, and like just just you know always always have that you know keep that keep that project that's under your pillow like keep that alive um i'm a, I'm a huge proponent of that um obviously try to try to manage your time well so that you're not working yeah, you know, 24 hours a day balance. yeah <laughs> um and then yeah it came to it came to the point um where i was i was confident enough in my abilities and i had run a company before that i decided to launch my own game studio but it was um it's a it's a completely new thing that um, we decided to make. Um, so, I'm not sure if this is a good segue into yeah, please, um, it's leading to what, Yeah, so so um, around the I developed um, I hope entirely on stream on Twitch.tv, and half of that was because there was some developers that that knew Unity and C Sharp that would would come and hang out in my channel comments. and it would help yeah. me, um, you know, as I was struggling. Um, and it always bothered me that there was no way to grow on Twitch. And then, so then I worked for a couple of companies and when I was seeing their marketing strategy, I was realizing like, there's also like a real problem that indies don't have really great access to, to um, Twitch as well. Um, everyone is crossing their fingers, hoping that they go viral, but there's nothing that can affect that. So I was doing on that for years before I, I um, actually just suddenly um, realized how I can solve both problems. Um, so what Echelon is, Echelon is a platform that offers developers what they want the most, which is success on Twitch, on and it Twitch. offers yeah. and it offers streamers what they want as well, which is success on Twitch. So they both want the same thing, and the way we do that is we just connect those two groups and let them exchange what they both have. Um, the way it works is Echelon launches alongside a game and it has a reward dashboard so it's like buttons that you can press to um, trigger things in game and get um, XP boost or a little prize or like a yeah. resource bonus or whatever but we're also serving a twitch stream to this dashboard and the higher you climb on the game's leaderboard the more often your twitch stream is delivered to everyone else's dashboard so the yeah, game, right. the game creates a, basically the player base is converted automatically into a viewer pool. And the better you are at the game, the more share of that viewer pool you get. So it's, mer it's a meritocracy. Finally, it's the first and only way to gamify growth on Twitch. And it delivers developers exactly what they want by unlocking a resource that they never knew that they had, which is that player base. And streamers can now choose a game to play based on the one that they are the best at, knowing that they can have a clear path to pro on the platform. 
So we're extremely excited about Echelon because it it delivers good for a lot of people. It's 2023, and you can't just dis- wake up and decide you're going to be a pro gamer. There's no there's no path for you. No, yeah. You could you could wear a mankini and like smash a watermelon on your head on TikTok and hope to go viral, and then like and you might and you might. You know, but for those but of you us also who probably won't, you, you also probably won't. That's been tried before, right? So, like, <laughs> you have to go even further than that, right? And and Twitch's own advice is to grow a following on a competing social platform and then transplant that following to Twitch to monetize it. Um, that's that's horrific advice, right? So I I said to myself, I just I, I basically just finally said I'm fed up with the the fact that there could be some kid in Mumbai who is the absolute best Fortnite player on earth and we'll 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 never know. know. We'll never know. And he could pay, he could support his family right now if there was a fair growth mechanic on, 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 on Twitch. So I just set about building it and now, and now we're done and I'm happy to report it. It works. It actually just works. So we did a little pilot with our, our test game with our, with just with our discord and, um, a couple of people who have never streamed in their life, they started, they actually had to ask us to how to install streaming software. Yeah, right. And they, they made affiliate in two weeks. Um, that's, a, that's a level that some people stream for years and they, and they never, reach. Nev- they never yeah. get. And we minted, I think, um, in like during the course of our pilot, we minted like six affiliates um, and 25% more hours streamed. Um, uh, 75% more viewers for the people who were um, streaming before um, Echelon. Um, it, it, it grows all of the all of the metrics that um, that, that Twitch is looking at and and, uh, and streamers need to survive. And the platform is free. So not to make this an advertisement, but... No, but please, um, this is still absolutely an opportunity to spread the <laughs> and, and get people interested. So please. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, connect with as many indie developers as I can. Because even if you have like a modest launch with a couple hundred CCU um, when you come out on Steam, um, that is enough to make a career for a streamer. And you may just be sitting on a resource in your player base that you can unlock and turn into a marketing engine. Um, we're, we're, we're giving Echelon away for free. There's a very unique, cool monetization, um, um, built into it that, um, I won't go into, I can describe to, um, developers as, as they come to me, but it would be my dream come true if developers, um, came to me and, and, um, I could show them how to turn their game into like a self feeding system of, um, players becoming streamers, streamers, evangelizing the game, showing it to viewers who see now there's actually a fair way to grow on Twitch, becoming players, turning into viewers, turning into it cyclical. It, it is a self-feeding um, yeah, network. So we're super proud of that. And I feel like, I feel like it's still in the same spirit of doing good for people because um, everyone sees the future of like that we saw in ready player one and like everyone sort of generally just nods and agrees like yeah the world's going to be but like we're doing that, nothing to get there but we're doing no exactly no one's no one's really giving the tools to the people who need them to create that and i think that it is high time that we have the tools available to make a career out of gaming if you so choose um 
so I'm happy. I'm happy about bringing about that world, and I'm, I'm excited to see the next couple of years how that goes. And we're going to TwitchCon, by the way. So this, you, you can, if you're a streamer and you're listening, or you're an indie dev, we're going to be bringing four or five games um, with us to TwitchCon and exhibiting them um, right in the center of the uh, of the exhibition floor. Um, you know, to the thousands of fans and streamers. Um, so if you are interested in an opportunity to have your game um demoed at twitchcon you can come with us as well we'll give you a pass um but we are going to be bringing those um that's october it's in vegas october 20th i think is the is the first day of of twitchcon us so um just reach out and i'd love to love to show you the platform yeah well i know there's there's plenty of uh indie devs that listen to the show so please if if you're one of those and and you've you're interested in what you've just heard then Please make sure to reach out to Kenny. Um, all the all the details will be through show notes and social media posts around this episode and all, all that sort of stuff. So please make sure to to reach out because there's a potentially untapped opportunity here that uh, is just waiting for you. So consider checking it out. And it's, I mean, as someone who like I I don't stream myself uh, with, and we were discussing it even before the show, is we were just trying to coordinate times for this. I've got two little kids at a fairly fickle sort of age right now. <laughs> don't yeah. they also don't sleep especially well. Yeah. And so, so the idea of streaming for me is just a disaster at the moment because I could just see myself. I mean, I'm isolated. This is a shed space yeah. uh, that I turned into a studio. But yeah. um, I'll get that message from my wife. That's going. They're both up. Get in here and help. Me. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, I've been in that world. Sorry, guys, got to go. Like, it's it's not um, my current life circumstance. Not conducive to that. But yeah. um, the idea that if I was to if I was to get in and find that game and then have that platform there that empowers me, empowers the developers, and it again just continues to feed itself. Yeah, it's huge. If there's any streamers that listen as well, um, sort of what you just touched on is actually a part of the the platform as well. So you're like, oh, I would have to like you know stand up at a moment's notice and whatever. If you're streaming, you can't do that because you would be like, okay, well, I'm going to lose all these people and they're going to go. But if you are god tier at a game that uses the echelon mechanic, then you can go for an hour and, and you know put the kids back to bed and whatever, and then just come right back, climb right back to the top of the leaderboard and start yeah, farming right. those organic impressions. It's also a lot of a lot of streamers who like stream like six days a week, some of them seven days a week. None of them feel like they're allowed to take a break because again, they come back on like they take Saturday Sunday off, they come back on Monday, they have That's half on. the number of viewers that they did on a Friday. No longer, no longer with Echelon. I also wanted to, I wanted to point out that you and I seem to have the same obsession with. Oh yes, Horizon. Um, obviously this is an audio only show, so people won't see that. But yes, oh, the both of us, the both of us up. have our uh, Lego Toolnecks from from Horizon. There, my my son and I built that one. Um, Listen, dude, I have to go. I, I have to say this, and and I'll describe it for the viewers. The construction plane on the neck did you was your it's, mind it's blown unreal. that it's i like couldn't a, believe right nothing is nothing is facing the right way on this i was like i could not believe and yet that this it is all like, comes together in this uh, yeah I, I couldn't believe what i was doing better than the concept art even yeah yeah this is my favorite lego set of all time yeah i love it yeah i, I don't think i've picked up lego in a long long time but yeah through the combination of the tall neck and even uh bd1 um, from oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, Fallen Order and Survivor, like those those two got me in the door. So cool, good, good job there, Lego. You've wor- you've worked out how to find, <laughs> yeah, you've cracked cracked my market. My, they got you back into the fold. Yeah, now you're stuck. 
um, <clears throat> and, and my son loved it. So yeah, yeah. Um, so absolutely like an incredible, an incredible platform. And maybe on the player two side, I need to get some people streaming a little bit. While I while I can't do it myself, I might have to get a few more people uh, streaming on that side, and then they can take full advantage, try and take full advantage of the platform there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, and and um, and listen, I I just want to be a um, I just want to be a member of the games community that people feel like um, is still like you know just one of the just one of the, one of the you know one of the folks you know so like i'll just i'll say my email address is kenny at november games anyone who wants to just like shoot the shit and just like talk games like i i i just i just love being a part of this world i think it's like i think games are the single greatest artistic expression that mankind has has ever created and will ever create um so i just feel privileged can't can't believe that i'm alive during the time of 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 you know this is still the beginning of games it really is um you know um you know film is over 100 years old um uh, photography is 200 years old and the written word is thousands of years old but like we're in the first like still i would say like yeah 30 or 40 years of games maybe we're learning to crawl amazing yeah it's what a time to be alive anyway nerd 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 mode off <laughs> no no but it is a really exciting thing and it's it's one of the things that i enjoy most about this show is like you know new people come through and new ideas new experiences different experiences but all based around this incredible medium that uh that we both and all the people watching listening sorry listening love yeah so um hell yeah brother absolutely looking forward to see how echelon continues to grow going into the future and as as i've already mentioned before those listening if you like what you're hearing either as a developer or as a potential streamer or someone who already streams and you're looking for those opportunities you've got yourself the right outlets to go go hit kenny up go check out echelon you'll be uh, i think well from the sounds of it, you're going to be doing very very well um, <laughs> appreciate that so as we start to wind things down we'll hone in a little bit on on you again specifically and and I guess everything that's kind of culminated at this particular point. Is there anyone out there that you've worked with or that you've seen, looked at from afar that has really inspired you in the way you go about your work, whether it's, whether it's in terms of this, this kind of trend that we've seen with some of the games where there's, there's a lot of giving and the work that you've done more recently, which is you know giving back. But is it also like on that artistic side through, through animation, through your films? So like, is there anyone that's really informed the way you go about things? Um, that's that's an extremely tough one because um, most of what I what what I've been inspired by yeah yeah, yeah most, of, <laughs> most of give me a little hint with the uh, with the Gorilla Games uh, water bottle oh that um, wasn't necessarily a hint I just realized oh hang on we've just been fussing about that and it's got a oh, neck on the okay. front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say so it's 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 it what's hard is um, there's a there's a sort of appreciation for games as a artistic medium more and more and more and more and more now. And um, while I haven't been sort of um, in the industry long enough to like develop, like I think of a, a, um, a really, um, you know, um, well-developed opinion of, of, of like the difference between like the auteur you know, mentality and whatever. So like, I can't really name um, people who are doing exactly what I uh, like directly inspire, but the way that some of these games have touched me um, leads me like um, when, whenever I do get touched by a game, I sort of 
want to figure out like what is that thing that that the designer or the writer or whatever um was inspired by and then go chase that so it's it's sort of like a sort of like a two level system that yeah. i that i have um i might not necessarily try to like emulate like tim schaefer but like i but will listen to the team exactly I, I, I might i might go read a book he said was was awesome for him to like you know yeah. write brutal legend or, or whatever you know what i mean yeah um, absolutely you draw you draw threads from different people yeah one 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 that stands out is um i i immediately go read anything that neil Druckmann um yep. talks talks about um because the last of us um part one and part two um was that that was a, a pretty strong Did influence on on my life yeah as as you know as a player even so um yeah and that and that sort of speaks to still the advice that I used to give animators when I was training animators, which is um, when you are working, uh, don't give up your hobbies because it was probably your hobbies that um, started to get those creative reserves like all juiced up, yep. and that inspired you to you know do this huge creative outlet in the first place. So you can if you keep those hobbies up, you'll probably always be um, always be charged um so yeah um it's a really interesting question um i i wish i had a better answer for it but um, no, no, no problem at all yeah and we can cut i mean the way you've answered that kind of segues into the next question anyway obviously you were just talking about and we use tim Schafer as an example there you know drawing threads of knowledge from this person and yeah. neil Druckmann and different different examples along the way so have there been any particularly val valuable lessons or experiences that you had you've had or again you've learned from others that have helped guide you on your own path um, I, I did. I, I hate to reuse an answer, but when it was when it, it was when um, Katie um, from from, uh, oh, yes. from Microsoft um, said that there there's no wrong way to do this, and I think that that that's probably a um, imposter syndrome is 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 real um, in every in every creative endeavor. So I think that um, I think that possibly the 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 the, the way to fight against that the way combat that is to always kind of like know that no matter what if your heart's in the right place and you're working hard and you're in your loving life and loving people there's there's probably no wrong way to do to do what you're, you're doing um um i feel i feel very i feel very blessed to be in this industry i say that as a as a as a um you know as a, a white man um <laughs> um and i i mean that's that's the that's the imposter syndrome that 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 I have to deal with, which is, you know, basically, you know, I need to constantly be trying to create opportunities for, for you know, for the uh, for the unheard voices. Yes. Um, I'm I'm very proud of the fact that I have a, a very diverse um, team. Um, we we are in eight time zones, um, so we have um, multiple people who are you know from um diverse communities with with interesting perspectives and and voices so um that's something i'm super proud of i'm going to always try to endeavor to, to do more of that and uh juggling those time zones is absolutely a definitely a challenge yeah i know your i know your listeners can't can't um can't see this but um you know i'm i'm almost completely bald and <laughs> i used to have i used to have a lot of hair and yeah, so something about the the long hours and kind of stress that perhaps comes with that at times probably has a yeah. little bit to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, some lighter ones as we wrap up. And if you could be credited for any game, just add your name into the credits. If it's, you know, it could be as simple as special thanks. It could be, hey, this particular component of a game was amazing and I wish I did that. You know, what I, had, I used to... I used to ask this. I um I used to interview animators, like famous animators from Disney and Pixar and whatever, um on my website. And I used to ask this, and then I stopped asking this question once this um once this animator, um, um, uh, uh, told me this answer, which was, um, I I'm not going to tell you my favorite. I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase and change it for yeah. games. I'm not going to tell you my favorite game because I get to experience that game just as a player. And if I, if I, if I was there for the making of it, I, it wouldn't be my favorite game. So, um, I don't know, Pac-Man. And, and to be fair, to be fair, I'm not necessarily asking for your favorite game in that sense as well. No, um, still. The next question kind of links into that maybe a little bit more, yeah. but, um, I guess there, there is a lot to be said though for, for, you know, being too close to a project whether that's in film sure. or and TV, you and you get games. yeah you get the sentiment there um but i i would say that um it, it was the uncharted series um especially uncharted 4 because i have a, a brother um that um i have a very similar relationship with um yeah. to in the game and so there was moments when i was like in tears because of like how their relationship played out i was i was you know young married couple as well when so like the the, the brother and the marriage story like managing the there, yeah. oh it was amazing it's so, so well told but i i probably have to change it over to um to uh the horizon series now okay Especially after finishing the Bernie Shores DLC. Bernie Shores DLC. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's quite incredible everything that they actually I mean, what yeah. what Naughty Dog's done obviously in recent years and we've touched on Last of Us already and, and what they've also done with Uncharted and then you can throw a Gorilla in there. Look, yeah. I mean a lot of people know that I'm a bit of a Sony fanboy, so I'll try not to uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll try not to further embolden that I guess narrative around me. <laughs> but it's too late. The damage is already done. Yeah. Um if you could go back and replay any game, so you get to strike it from your memory and just I guess experience all of those feelings again. Is there yeah. a game you just wish you could have that moment with? Um, this is an old school one, but um, the seventh guest on on oh, PC. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. That came up. I don't not on the show, but that, that game came up recently somehow in my orbit as well. I think they're I think they're doing a new one. They're doing oh, a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's announced on Twitter last week. Um, yeah, only because I was at a formative age and I could not believe how hard a puzzle could be, <laughs> and when you finish it. You don't get to go back and do it for the first time again. So I just love to be back, back there in like '94. Um, it was like on CD-ROM, I think. Um, and you get to get to and, and just play it again. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah, we can play the which, new which one, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Like, rarely do we get to have those those sort of dreams come back in that sort of way, but you're, yeah, gonna, yeah. you're gonna have that moment. <laughs> well, Kenny, it's been fantastic to have you on the show and, and share this journey so far and and learn about. I mean, learn further about things like I Hope and, and Echelon um, as, as the current works. We've touched on different places that people can get in touch already, but if they want to do so, if they want to learn more about Echelon these days, where should people go? Um, just send me an email, kenny at novembergames.com. Um, I'll, I'll respond right back and we'll we'll just get you started. And I, I'd lo- I love showing it off. It, it um, It's really a passion project and it, it's going to do a lot of good for a lot of game studios and, and streamers. So yeah, just email me. And um, as I said at the very beginning of the show, thank you so much for coming on the show and and sharing this journey, but also 
at the last gasp throwing yourself in there to, to come to come aboard i really appreciate it it's been a fascinating and really interesting chat i i knew like once once i started doing my research I'm like okay i'm thrilled that you volunteered yourself here because there's, there's so much we can wade through and we went even deeper than what i had expected and kind of yeah, yeah dived into in particular those two titles that i mean with with uh with echelon as the most recent work and i hope previously and just how those came to be really really fascinating stories for me so i really appreciate getting to to dive into that with you thank you so much for coming on the show absolutely i'll come back anytime you invite me paul this was this is really fun yeah you'll always be welcome back we are doing a little bit more of that these days as well with returning guests so so please uh look forward to chatting again in the future but um thank you so much listeners as always thank you very much for listening and i'll see you next time That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to in an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Kenny's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.